We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Earlier this summer, Facebook announced that it was going to make its own money, a cryptocurrency called Libra. But that effort has hit major snags. Today, one of Facebook's key partners on the Libra project dropped out. And sources told the journal that two other partners are also reconsidering their involvement. Today on the show, how Facebook might finally take cryptocurrency mainstream and why a lot of people in power don't want it to happen. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbach. And I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Friday, October 4th. In June, Facebook announces that they are going to launch a cryptocurrency that they are calling Libra. Our colleague Paul Vigna has been covering Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies for more than six years. So I asked him to explain what's going on. In a lot of ways, what they announced looks a lot like every other cryptocurrency project. This is a digital currency. You will hold it in a wallet that will probably be on your phone. You can use it to exchange value directly. What is different, of course, is that this is Facebook, a major company that has a 2 billion plus user base. So immediately this becomes potentially the first time you may actually have a global digital currency that lives on the internet. Here's how Facebook's cryptocurrency might work. Emphasis on the might, because Libra hasn't been built yet. The moment Libra goes live, you'll be able to download an app, your digital wallet. Facebook will have their own wallet called Calibra, but third parties can have wallets too. You download one of these wallets, and now you can use dollars to buy Libra. Then you're ready to shop or pay bills or whatever. You can spend it anywhere Libra's accepted. And what was the motivation here for Facebook? I mean, a lot of what they said, their stated reasons were were very pie-in-the-sky kind of stuff. You know, we want to bring financial services to the unbanked. This has been a great, great sort of goal for cryptocurrency enthusiasts for a long time. The idea that because this kind of money is all going to be digital, it is all going to be cheaper, and they're all going to be on mobile phones, which everybody has, you can give people access to financial services that they didn't have before. And that sounds very great. But I don't know that that is really Facebook's goal. I mean, look, Facebook is a for-profit company. Their real goal is to increase profits for Facebook. What's one way to do that is you keep people on Facebook longer so you can sell them more ads. So you develop more services. You give them more reasons to stay on Facebook. One reason might be, hey, here's an easy way to do commerce. But you have all these other apps like Alipay and WeChat that have payment systems in the apps without creating a whole new cryptocurrency. So why does Facebook think it needs to do that? Right. It's a little bit of a mystery because you're right. On the one hand, Facebook could achieve everything they want to without creating a new cryptocurrency. What it kind of feels like is that Facebook has been caught up in the dream of every other cryptocurrency project. And what is that dream exactly? Look at it this way. Money, right? Cash, a U.S. dollar, one U.S. dollar, I have it in my wallet. 
I can go anywhere in this newsroom and exchange it with anybody and they'll accept it. I can go to any single place in New York City and exchange it and they'll accept it. It's ubiquitous. It's universal. I can't take it past the border. I can't go to London and spend my dollars. I can't go to Tokyo and spend my euros. So if I want to buy something in Tokyo and have them ship it over here and I want to pay the Tokyo merchant, I am sending money through probably a half dozen to maybe 10 or even 12 different intermediaries. All of them impose a fee for what they do, and it takes three days, three weeks, however long it takes for that payment to be finalized and settled. That's how long it takes, and all those costs are there and they're baked in. We don't see it. You go to Starbucks and you buy a coffee and you swipe your credit card. You think that transaction takes four seconds. It doesn't. That's only the start of the transaction. The time between when you swipe that card and when Starbucks gets your money from your credit card company, from your bank, ultimately, it's about three days. The idea behind cryptocurrencies is that you could make money move as fast and as cheaply as email. That's the real promise of cryptocurrencies. That's the real idea behind it. It's not necessarily that I'm offering you, Ryan, an alternative to the dollar. It's that you make money able to move anywhere on the globe in a second, instantly and cheaply. And then you see what kind of economic opportunities you can create and unlock through that. I think that was the first time that I've ever actually understood some of the motivations underlying creating this type of cryptocurrency. I never really got it until this moment. Wow. All right. Well, I'm glad I'm glad so, to be here then. Thank you for that. Okay, so maybe I didn't get the potential of crypto, but plenty of people have. And for years they've tried to make it real. But there were always roadblocks. One was that a lot of people just thought crypto was too risky. I mean, you look at the example of Bitcoin, right, which is not pegged to anything, which floats completely freely and which trades unbelievably volatilely. All the cryptocurrencies really do that. They basically trade on whatever people are willing to pay that day. They're completely speculative. But the idea is that Libra would be different. It would be a so-called stable coin pegged to a portfolio of other currencies. In other words, every Libra coin out in the world would be backed by real assets held in a reserve, which would, in theory, keep its value stable. And Facebook also had a plan to solve Bitcoin's other big problem. That yes, it did exist, but most retailers didn't take it. Facebook would solve that with partnerships. Facebook's solution was to come up with an association of members. And eventually, they, they hope it'll be 100 members. Those 100 members will be the ones running the servers, creating the currency, redeeming the currency. It's also a way to ensure that on day one, when it launches, you have a lot of places where people can go to use it. You know, everyone can stick a little, put a little sticker on their website and say, Libra accepted here. The Libra announcement in June included big companies that would be part of this association. Payments companies like MasterCard and Visa, and merchants like Uber, Lyft, and Spotify, which, by the way, owns Gimlet, the co-producer of this podcast. And when you have a company like MasterCard and Visa, like the payments companies in America getting behind this, it really sort of makes you think that there might be something to it, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. Why would all of these companies want to get on board? 
I mean, you hear Facebook and digital currency, and you think two things. You think commerce and two billion people. Who wouldn't want to take a shot at, you know, getting a piece of the commerce of two billion people? It was all coming together for Libra. Thanks to partners like MasterCard, Visa, and PayPal, users would be able to exchange their dollars for Libra on day one. Because of retail partners like Uber, Spotify, and Booking.com, there'd be stuff for them to buy. But to launch Libra, Facebook would need approval from another stakeholder, government. And that's where Libra hit a brick wall. They did not like it one bit. That's after the break. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back. In Washington, Facebook's plan to start a new currency landed with a thud. What you saw was visceral reactions from lawmakers in both parties about this idea. They were like, Facebook, a private company? A company that we don't trust, that we don't like, a company that may have had an impact in the 2016 election, they're going to create money? Money? They're going to create money? Lawmakers went nuts. One Facebook executive in particular faced the brunt of their concerns. My name is David Marcus, uh, and I'm the head of Calibra at Facebook. So David Marcus is a tech executive. He's a former president of PayPal. He's come over to Facebook. He's basically responsible for building the wallet. And it's really interesting because you have Facebook, you have the Libra Association with about 30 members that will eventually be expanded to 100. But he is the face of the entire thing. And he gets hauled in front of Congress over the summer. And he gets grilled by the lawmakers, by the House, by the Senate. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Facebook is dangerous. They just, they, they laid into him. Now Facebook asks people to trust them with their hard-earned paychecks. Takes a breathtaking amount of arrogance, a breathtaking amount of arrogance to look at that track record and think, you know what, real, what we really ought to do next? You know what we ought to do next? Let's run our own bank and our own for-profit version of the Federal Reserve, and let's do it for the whole world. So there was a lot of grandstanding in these in these hearings, but there were also a lot of legitimate questions. Sort of if, if you wanted to put it in three, you know, three buckets. The first bucket is the data itself. I'm also concerned about the, the data privacy and, and how you're going to use the data. The um, thing to understand is that Libra is going to have mountains of data associated with it. Every single transaction, every single party, every counterparty is going to be recorded. The question, and it's an important question, who controls it and what are they going to do with it? The big fear was that Facebook would control it, Facebook would abuse it, and Facebook would use it to sell you more ads and to give you things that you didn't really want. Uh, What we post on Facebook and who we're friends with is one thing. How we spend our money is really powerful information, and you have access to that too. Um, But Congress had other concerns too. Is this money going to be used on the dark web? Is this money going to be used for money laundering? Is this money going to be used to fund terrorism? 
I'm concerned that drug cartels and human traffickers, major problems, of course, in Arizona and border regions, may try and use Libra to finance their operations along our southern border. Your testimony so how does David Marcus respond to these concerns in the hearing? So to me, the most fascinating part of the entire two days' worth of hearings was that he kept actually giving them the answers they wanted, and then they'd ask the same question again as if they weren't even listening. Senator, um, uh, first I want to commit that uh, we will not launch until we've satisfied those concerns. And what he told them was that, yes, the data is going to be held in different silos. The, The privacy of the users will be held over here and it will be protected. The transaction history will be held over here and it will be protected. But... If you're a government agency, if you're the FBI, if you're the the CIA, whomever, and you go to them with a legitimate request for that data, they're going to give it to you. And what I realized, and I don't think anyone else kind of really, certainly nobody asking him questions got this, is that Libra is actually going to be a perfectly transparent currency. The way that uh, the network is going to operate is that uh, all the on and off ramps will be regulated. Every single Libra from every single user, everything, their entire transaction history is traceable. Government could have access to that. Uh, As a result, uh, activities uh, such as money laundering, terrorism funding, uh, will have an opportunity to be monitored. There has actually never been a currency that transparent. So it sounds, though, then, that, like, a lot of the concern about this whole project really comes down to Facebook itself and the fact that it hasn't had a great track record on data privacy in the past. Right. And and look, it's not just Facebook. I mean, it is a tech problem. A lot of corporate America. Yeah, is that what happens in tech often is somebody comes up with a great idea, they create it, they launch it, and there are just... 10,000 unintended consequences. But it's happened so many times that we now have a sort of visceral reaction to the idea of new technology. That, yeah, whatever you're telling me now, I know that there's going to be something wrong with it down the road. And you're going to come back to me in a couple of years and say, oops, we didn't think of that. Oh, we could have never foreseen that. We had no idea that was going to happen. Uh." Mm -hmm. And nobody wants it to happen with money. When you start talking about money, then you are talking about the stability of the global economic system. That's a big, big deal. As the rest of the world watched U.S. legislators grill Facebook, one country in particular seemed to get just how big a deal it was. The French pipe up about this. Along with the other members of the G7. France's finance minister, a man named Bruno Le Maire, he comes out and it was basically like a a declaration of sovereignty. France is not going to allow Facebook to have a currency. France made it clear that no private entity can claim any monetary power, which is inherent to the sovereignty of nations. It's almost like the company Facebook and the country France are competitors. How so? They're, they're competing to build money. And that, that's fascinating. You've never had a situation like that. France wasn't just raising a privacy issue or a terrorism issue. It was raising a much more fundamental concern. If there's a bunch of Libra circulating in one country, 
It could undercut that country's ability to control its own economy via its own central bank. Normally, countries have the ability to pull levers when an economy turns south or gets overheated. On a very basic level, cryptocurrency gets in the way of that because now anyone can create their own money. Yeah, you and I could do it. Bitcoin is open source software. You and I could take the software. You got your, your Mac sitting there. We could download the software and we could create a program right now and we could create a money and call it Ryan Paul Bucks if we, if we wanted to. Sure. That sounds- Any, <laughs> but that's the thing. Anybody can do it. But not anyone can shake the world financial system. France isn't worried about Ryan Paul Bucks because nobody's going to use them. But people might actually use Libra. And that's what worries regulators like Bruno Le Maire. The risk that people are afraid of is that this currency will undermine national currencies. That Facebook will have so much money sitting in that reserve that we were talking about earlier that they will be able to move that money in such a way that they can affect economies. And the way to think of it is the Chinese are sitting on about $2 trillion worth of U.S. treasuries. And everybody always says, oh, my God, if the Chinese dump those treasuries, we're, we're done for. That's the fear, that Facebook would be sitting on $2 trillion worth of U.S. treasuries or something like that. And any country that displeases them, they could just move that money around. Mm-hmm. And then that country's economy goes to pot. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, let, let, me, let me state this, too. Let me step back a second. Facebook says that it is not interested in competing with countries. They say over and over again that they want to work with regulators. They are not going to launch Libra in a place where regulators aren't on board. So they're not really interested in having a currency that they're going to be able to pull levers like the Fed. That's not what they're in it for. But that, that's the risk from the point of view of lawmakers, of, of central bankers, the fear that the power of a national currency would then be put into a private company. And what might that private company mm-hmm. do with it? So there's all of this initial excitement around Libra and then a swell of government concerns about Libra. What has happened since then? So, so what has happened since those summer hearings is that regulators are not just talking to Facebook, they're talking to the companies in the Libra Association. So you have a situation where this thing is under construction. A lot hasn't been figured out yet, but there is a global laser focus on the thing. So everything just gets brought up to to a higher degree. And some of these companies are thinking like, do I need this? Do I need this level of heat? Today, PayPal announced that it was withdrawing from the Libra Association. And earlier this week, sources told the Wall Street Journal that MasterCard and Visa are reconsidering their involvement. So what's going to happen to Libra, do you think? If I knew the answer to that question, Ryan, I'd be running a hedge fund in Greenwich. (laughs) (laughs) But you think it will launch? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I do think they're going to have a product. I do think they're going to have it ready for launching. I do believe they'll find some countries that are willing to let them come in and do it. The real question in terms of the, the success of this will be this standoff between Facebook and regulators. Facebook has a product. They're ready to go with it. Regulators don't want them to launch it. How long is Facebook going to wait? Tech years are like dog years. You know, 18 months in the tech world is like seven years in the real world. 
how long can they wait and sit on this idea and this product if they consider this something that is really important to the profitability of Facebook? Facebook might be stumbling. And Paul says there's a chance the company might not reach its goal of launching Libra in 2020. When we asked the Libra Association, they told us their plans to launch in 2020 hadn't changed. But whatever happens, crypto is not going away. This is the moment where you realize digital currency is going to become real. Whether or not Facebook succeeds in launching this and getting people to use it is one thing, but everyone took it seriously. Companies took it seriously. Regulators have taken it seriously. Central banks are taking it seriously. The moment has passed where this was a fringe idea. This is now a mainstream idea. The technology works, the software works, All that matters is the implementation. And whether or not it's Facebook, it is going to be somebody. In response to the Wall Street Journal's reporting on how some companies were getting cold feet, Marcus wrote on Twitter, quote, We are very calmly and confidently working through the legitimate concerns that Libra has raised. And that, quote, Change of this magnitude is hard and requires courage. That's all for today, Friday, October 4th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. We are your hosts, Ryan Knudsen. And Kate Leinbaugh. We're produced by Annie Minoff, Ricky Nevetsky, Sarah Platt, and Willa Rubin. Our senior producer is Pia Godkari. Annie Rose Strasser is our supervising producer. Griffin Tanner is our engineer. Our executive producer is Gerard Cole. Our theme music is by Haley Shaw. Additional music this week from Haley Shaw, Peter Leonard, Bobby Lord, and Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Peter Rudiger and Anna Maria Andriotis for their reporting on Libra. And to Sam Baer for his engineering help and Alex Bloomberg for his editing help. Thanks for listening. See you on Monday.